Welcome to Docs on the Rocks, where we sit back and pour ourselves our favorite libation and opine on all things related to managing documents in your professional life. I'm your host, Chris Martz, Senior DMS Consultant with D-Affinity Consulting Group. I'm joined by my guests today, Beth Thompson, Director of Client Engagement, and Stacy Devlin, Director of Client Success, also with Affinity Consulting. And today we thought we would talk about the second of our keys to a successful DMS implementation. And now, let's pour ourselves a conversation. All right, welcome back. Back again with Beth and Stacy. Beth, welcome back. Thank you. Glad to be back. Stacy, welcome back to us. Thanks, Chris. And this is actually a continuation from our earlier podcast where we had uh, such a good time that we thought we'd come back and continue the conversation. So I'm still drinking my Jefferson Oceans bourbon on the rocks. What are you guys still drinking? Well, I've decided to go ahead and bring Fun Beth out, and now I'm drinking a glass of my wonderful, refreshing Prosecco, Lamarca Prosecco, which I thoroughly enjoy. So the LaCroix is out the window and the Prosecco is in. Well, welcome to Fun Beth. I'm so glad you could join us. <laughs> Stacy. what about you? Well, thankfully for all of you, I am still in my first glass of Pinot Grigio, but we'll see how this goes. Right. This could be an interesting one as we continue our conversation about the keys to a successful DMS implementation. So in our last episode, we really kind of focused on how to select the proper consultant to do your DMS implementation. And we talked about, you know, all of the factors, all of the questions that you want to ask that consultant before you select them to do this important rollout for you. So in this one, I think let's let's assume that we've already selected our consultant. And now we want to talk about the role of the client and how they can set that particular consultant up for success. Because once they've actually selected the consultant, their job isn't done. Uh, so Stacy, I wonder if you might talk a little bit about kind of what that project is going to look like and how best to set that consultant up for success. Sure. So one of the things that, that we have talked about for a long time with our clients is that the most successful projects um, are ones that have buy-in from the top down. And what I mean by that is that not just the projects that we are we are contracted by the firm IT who says, hey, you know, these guys need document management. Can you come in and implement that? And I'll help you with it. We can absolutely do an implementation that way, but that's not setting the consultants up for success. And it's not setting, honestly, the client up for success that way either, if that's the only the only person that we're communicating with. What we really want to do is expand our audience. And we want to make sure that we are meeting with all of the right people at the law firm to make sure that we understand all of their processes, all of their people, all of their, their potential pain points and issues that they're trying to solve by implementing this document management system. So one of the first things that we want to do 
So we want to have a, a project kickoff call. We want to get the stakeholders for the project um, involved in, in that kickoff call from the beginning. And, and what I mean by that is, again, buy-in from the top down. We need the, you know, the people that are making the decisions at the firm. We want those folks involved in our call. And then when we're having that kickoff call, we're going to explain all of the parts and pieces that need to um, come together in order to have that successful implementation. And we'll, we'll talk about, you know, we, the first thing we're going to do is, is go through our workflow analysis and design phase. Then we're going to have our technical discovery phase. The folks that we need to meet with in those two different phases are um, potentially coming from different parts of the firm. So we've got to get the right people in those rooms for those particular meetings. And then we'll talk about, okay, once we, have our workflow analysis meetings, then the next phase would be potentially for us to go do our build out and then proof of concept. And we want to understand who are the right people to approve this for us. And it's, again, not just one or two people. There need to be folks from all different aspects of the firm, because at the end of this implementation, we're hoping that everyone who works at the law firm is going to be successfully using the document management system. So we want to make sure that we understand how all of those folks get their work done today. And we want to have them all involved in our initial design in, in some way. We want them represented. We're certainly not going to need to meet with every single person who works there, but we would like their their design and workflow to be, or, or their opinions to be a part of our conversation about how we're going to design this database. So, you know, then we'll move into potentially a pilot phase and we want to a, percent, a percentage of the firm to help us do some testing, some user acceptance testing and, and pilot testing on, on the actual um, design of the database and help us determine if there um, is anything that's not going to work from a workflow um, perspective. So we, in order for us to be set up for success on that, we need to have the right folks from the firm involved in each of these different aspects and, and all the, you know, what are all, all the different phases that we're going to have or different milestones that we're going to reach throughout the project. We've got to have the right input from the right people within the firm. And, uh -huh. you know, but that we want to set that expectation at the very beginning and make sure that we have you know the right people involved in our in our stakeholders meetings and our and our um, kickoff call to so that they can help us identify the right folks that we need to meet with and you know Chris I know that you a lot of times are doing those those workflow analysis meetings other than saying you know hey tell me how um, you get your work done today or what are your particular pain points. Are there other pieces of information that you wish that your ideal client would bring to that conversation to set you up for success? Absolutely. So just touching on several things that you just talked about there. First of all, you know, the success from a top-down standpoint. I've certainly been involved in rollouts where, you know, the firm wanted this, but there's that one guy in the corner office that's been there forever who's adamantly saying, I'm not going to use this system. I don't care how good it is. I'm going to just do things the way I've always done it. And invariably, that just causes problems because, you know, people look at that and they say, oh, well, if he's not going to use it, there's no sense in me using it. And it just is that trickle down effect of people just right out of the gate saying, I'm not going to bother with this. So, you know, if, if I could reiterate one thing that you just said there, it was having that top level buy-in to this and, you know, basically a mandate that says, look, this is our new software that we're going to use everybody's going to jump on board. Now, as far as, you know, those conversations that we have, you know, one thing that I would 
point out here, and we've talked about it in past podcasts, and that is we tend to focus a lot of effort and pain points on the revenue generating folks in the firm, the lawyers, the paralegals, and we absolutely want to make sure that we understand their workflow and that that we solve any pain points that they may have. But we don't want to forget about everybody else in the firm, right? There's people in accounting that are sending out invoices that are sending, you know, processing checks as they come in very document intensive. And we want to make sure that they're covered as well. The folks in the IT department, maybe the folks in the HR group, right? All of these people work with documents on a daily basis. And we want to make sure that we have conversations with them just as much as we're having conversations with the litigation group or the the folks that are doing corporate law. So, you know, that is first and foremost, let's make sure we're talking to a good selection from across the firm. Now, as far as, you know, what kinds of things would would we like to know? It's really all about that from a document management standpoint, the document workflow. There are those things that are pretty generic that people tend to work on every day. But what we need to do is kind of delve into the ones that are taking longer than people think they ought to take, where it it is just um, too many clicks, too many places of friction to make this an effective use of our time. And I'll be honest with you, I've been into many firms when they're not even aware of what those points are. They've just done it this way for so long that the concept that something might take five days to process is just how it works. And they've built that into their process and that doesn't even come up in conversation. So uh, it's important to kind of understand what those things are that we might be able to help that they don't even consider to be a, a point of, of pain. Well, no, I was just going to say, I actually have a couple of things to add, and I, I totally agree with both of you. And I think we've alluded to both of these points, but I just wanted to expand on, on them a little bit as we really talk about how to set the consultant up for its success. Because, you know, one thing is, of course, to really have a a great understanding of how they're currently working, right? And to your point of them not really necessarily sometimes recognizing something as a pain point, it's just this is the way we've always done it. But when you're implementing a new software application, this is also an excellent time and a catalyst for change. And so there really is an opportunity to look at how can we maybe improve some efficiencies and productivity through the use of this software and it's all about how we configure it but the the last point i want to make is actually taking it all the way back to the beginning which is to really understand and and me having been a, a big part of the sales process through many of these right is really understanding that most of the people that you end up working with at the phase for the implementation were not part of the process, unfortunately, in many cases. They weren't part of that selection process. They may not even know what it is they're implementing, why they're on this kickoff call. It's really important to remember that some people are coming into this completely blind and they don't know 
anything about it other than the fact that they've been drugged to this meeting and now they're going to be part of this project and they don't really know why we selected it, what we're doing, you know, so to really understand who is coming into the project from the client side, kind of helping, I think if the consultant can help do a level set so that everybody is kind of coming into it with, this is what we're doing. This is why the firm made this decision. I completely agree with you on that, Beth. And that that's actually one of the things that the client can help the consultants with. We need the stakeholders to be a bit of a cheerleader to these folks that we are asking to participate in these meetings with us and explaining to them, this is, this is the change that's coming. This is why the firm has made this decision. These are all of the amazing features that you're going to um, be able to utilize in this new software product. And we want you guys to be a part of the change management for us and a, and a part of the decision-making process on how we're going to configure this. How you get your work done matters, and we want to understand all of the pain points that you've had. We, we are selecting you to work with our consultants to design the software so that we can all work more efficiently. You know, a lot of a lot of times the consultants we're we're being um, asked to go in and, and work with as part of our project to work with a group of, of folks, as Beth said, that we have not met before. They were not part of the selection process. And they may be a little bit, as you said, first off, not real sure why they they are there, and also perhaps a bit intimidated by the idea that we're going to come in and put in a piece of software that's going to make them more efficient. So we need the stakeholders to be product champions and cheerlead all of this so that the folks that they're giving to us to uh, assist with these conversations about design meetings are willing to give us the information and will be very helpful in the process because they're excited about it. Again, buy-in from the top down and really complete communication with the folks who are at the firm so that they understand what's happening and it's not just being sprung on them really sets your consultant up for success. I also want to hit on one of the other points that I believe, Chris, that you made talking about um, making sure that we're we're meeting with each of the different practice groups or et cetera. There, there are other times, there are oftentimes folks that, you know, I want to meet with Sally who's in the corner in the basement. What does she do? You know, why, why does she have a typewriter on her desk? Um, you know, what, what are her particular, what are the things that she's doing? Because the things that, you know, talk about, this is just the way we've always done it. There are people there that have been doing it the same way for 15 to 20 years, because that's just simply the way that they were trained to do it. And that's the the pieces of equipment that they were given to do their job before. And we want to automate it and make their jobs easy as well. And we want to, you know, put that whole system together. So not just speaking to the folks that are, that are billable, but not just the attorneys and the paralegals, but let's talk to everyone and see if we can make sure that this system is efficient for all of the folks at the firm. Boy, yeah, that's a great point. I'll say from experience, you know, one of the things that can derail a project of this nature is to have people on the back end who said, well, nobody asked me about this. Nobody got my opinion on how this should be set up because I would have told them differently. So we want to make sure that all of the different areas feel like they're being heard and that they're a part of this process. I know when I sit down with each of the practice groups, when when I go into a firm, you know, like Beth said, one of the first things we do is a general overview of why are you here? What is this software package for? 
And why are you telling me this information? Because people are very um, proprietary about their information and the way they do things. And oftentimes change is not a fun thing to encounter. And so, you know, sometimes we need to break through those walls. And that comes from not only preparation from, as we talked about, the top-down approach to it, but also just communication. Right. And Stacey, I wonder if you might talk about, you know, the importance of not just communicating with your consultant, but communicating internally and letting people know what is happening. Sure. I mean, change management is is a key, a key component of a successful implementation project for any piece of software that you're going to do is really start communicating very early on about what's going to be changing. And, and just keeping the end users in the know throughout the entire process. So, you know, email communication, memorandums that, that are, are being sent out to, to the end users, linking to videos about, you know, a sneak peek about the, the software that we've chosen. Here's information about why we've done that. And then as we're getting further into the project, you know, as soon as you know what to expect from a, a go live week, you know, when, when are we going live with the software? What does go live mean? Are we converting from one piece of software to the next? You know, at what, what day are we going to ask that everyone stop using that piece of software and then start using this piece of software? We're going to teach you how. Here's, here's what the training is going to look like. One of the things that we always include in our scope of work in our proposals is what we call what to expect training. And that is all geared toward the end user. We typically do that the week prior to go live. And we are doing basically a, a little bit of a kind of a, a pep rally really about the software about about go live. We're giving them a demonstration really of here's here is your software that we have designed for you. Here's a little bit of information about, you know, what what some of the the cool bells and whistles that you're going to get to use in this software we, we're going to teach you how to do all of these things next week in your training classes but i just want to give get you a little bit of information ahead of time so that you'll be excited about it and then we'll spend time making sure that they know how to connect to their training sessions where they need to be for training if we're going to be on site what all of their options are for end user support. During go live week, we make sure that we have consultants available for one-on-one -on -one Q and A, whether we are doing remote, remote Q and A sessions or genius bar support, or whether we're gonna actually be on site and do what we call floor support. But we make sure that the end users know how they can get help throughout go live week. And we're setting all of that expectation for them ahead of time. We also like to provide them with multiple ways to get trained. So whether it's attend the live training sessions, we also give them access to um, our online training platform, Affinity University, so that they can um, watch the, the training videos independently on their own ahead of time if they want to be prepared. And again, the change management, we as, as our consultants and our project managers, we assist the stakeholders at the firm with that change management communication, helping you know set the stage with here's what here's information you want to um, give them give to your end users ahead of time because the more information you can give to your users ahead of time, the happier they're going to be when they're asked to show up for training. Again, as Chris, as you mentioned before, where we see successful implementations get derailed is when we show up for training and we have folks come in and they're unhappy. You can read from their body language. They feel like they just heard about this change last week. 
or nobody asked me or nobody you know, included me in this design, or this isn't going to work for my workflow because we didn't spend the time up front preparing the end users for the change that was coming. You're, you're absolutely right. And as you guys were talking about this, I was thinking about the previous conversation, and that is another um, item that you should be paying attention to when you're comparing proposals because, you know, I... I could be wrong, but I don't know of another consulting company other than Affinity that actually does include this what to expect training. So that is a very critical and unique piece that we offer. Yeah. So, Stacy, I wonder if you might talk a little bit about, you know, and we've touched on this a lot, but the the role that the client should expect to take during that rollout process, the amount of time that actually is necessary for a successful implementation? Sure. You know, a lot of times when I'm reviewing the scope of work with the client, I'll actually review all of the times that it says we are having, we are meeting with you or we are going to collaborate on this. And I'll, I'll point out all of those different, those different items that are in the, the scope of work. Um, that's how long it's going to take us at Affinity, but we also need you. So it's not necessarily the one person at the firm that's going to be spread out among multiple folks, depending on on the scope of work and, and the different meetings that we're having and how many different practice areas, et cetera. But every time it says we're having a meeting, we're typically not meeting with just ourselves. We're meeting with someone there at the firm. So it's really important to understand that you know, how much time it's going to take to actually implement it. I mean, back to something that, that I said, I believe it was on the on the previous pod, podcast is that, you know, you may have a consultant who's going to tell you they can they can get you up and running in the software in a month. But that may also mean it's going to be a month of very intense work for you as well. So you want to understand that when you're looking at, how, you know, how long is your implementation process, process going to be? It, you may want to span that out over multiple months or, or considerably longer, depending on the, the scale of, of work and how many different practice areas you have and how many different folks we need to actually sit down and meet with in order to get this right. So, you know, again, you really want to kind of compare you know, apples to apples when you're when you're deciding on on what consulting company to go with, but then also take a deep dive into that into that scope of work and really ask that question. Like, okay, how much are you guys um, providing a dedicated project manager, or do I need to manage all of this stuff on my own? And then also of these different meetings and these different collaboration and the pilot team and the, all the different trainings, you know, what are the resources that are expected on my side so that you can make sure that you are setting your the, the proper expectations with your folks so that they all understand their commitment to the project as well. Yeah, and I'll just reiterate, you know, one of the things that we consistently say internally is that on our most successful projects, there's typically a strong administrator on the other side, on the client side. Absolutely. So, you know, while we absolutely provide good project management, I think it's equally important to understand from a client side, you don't want to have, you know, a paralegal whose primary job is billing time and doing legal work to occasionally think about this project, right? We need someone who is going to really be that project manager from the client side of things as well in order Absolutely. to 
yeah. Would you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. And honestly, one of the, one of the things that, that I say a lot is, you know, your, your people better than I do, which is I, I absolutely, from a project management perspective, I can't, I'm going to run the status meetings. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to coordinate all of the things and we're going to make sure that we are keeping the project on track. But in terms of, I need from, I mean, I need from that firm administrator or our main point of contact at the firm to help me put the right people in the room. And, you know, who are the, who are the people that should be involved in these, these workflow analysis and design meetings? Who are the right people to be our testers for um, the pilot team? I, I, from, you know, someone who rolls this out on a regular basis, if you have some folks that are invested in that pilot and really dive into it and give a good testing, not only to are the documents where they're supposed to be, but does this work for my day-to-day workflow? Those are the successful projects when you have that buy-in from that pilot group. And I'm going to take it one step further and say, if you have that buy-in from that pilot group, they will see the benefits of this new system long before everybody else is even aware that this system is coming on board. And so they are your best cheerleaders once we do go live with the product, that they see there is a benefit. There's a light at the end of this tunnel. I know, you know, our our managing partner, Debbie, one of her favorite phrases is, you will go through the valley of despair when you're rolling out a new software package and to understand that there is a light at the end of that tunnel that you will come out of that valley and be much more successful than you were before. That's a huge thing. Yeah, I think one of our clients recently described in a case study that it's a mountain that you climb, but you do get on, you do get to the top (laughs) and it's a, it's a good result once you get there. Yeah, and I, I love that concept of the the product champions, the cheerleaders, the folks that are in your pilot team, you know, going through that initial testing phase with us. And then once they see how beneficial the software is going to be, we we love to sprinkle those pilot users um, throughout the training sessions um, during go live week so that if we have some some folks that are struggling or naysayers in the crowd, those pilot team members can really help with with boosting up the the again the excitement and you know they can also jump in and say yeah i struggled with that at first but here's how i work that out or let me show you how it does it how i do it and they can really help with the success during go live week if you have a successful pilot team as well yeah absolutely listen guys i hear last call in the background we absolutely need to wrap it up but again i think we still have a little bit more to talk about and feeding off of that concept of your pilot team being kind of the cheerleaders that's important even after the go live is complete that they are your now in-house experts your in-house people to go to with questions and concerns about it and i think maybe there's a whole discussion there about how do you maintain that success after you actually have that go live date and the software is installed and running now how do we maintain that success moving forward so would you guys mind coming back and having that conversation as well i think that would be great let's do it yep let's make it happen awesome so Cheers to each of you for listening and join us next time for a continuation.